Welcome to the Riverview Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Today we welcome back our Senior Minister, Tim Healy. He's got a great message on how each of us can live in God's goodness every day, regardless of what kind of a day it is. But before we get into that, please take a second to subscribe to our podcast. Here's today's message from Tim Healy. Well, good day, Riverview family. It is wonderful to be with you again, and I hope that wherever you are today, that you are well and that you are managing to stand firm in the face of all the unique challenges that our world and our church and our families are facing. Um, I want to say a big thank you to all of you for your ongoing love and support toward me and my family over the last few months. Um, I have deeply appreciated your words of encouragement and your ongoing prayer. And I also want to say a big thank you to you for continuing to love and encourage and support one another. I think it's in times like these that we discover that as the church, we really are a family. And what holds us together and keeps us together is not the comfort level of the seating in our auditorium. It's the quality of our friendships and our relationships. So I want to encourage you to keep connecting with each other, keep looking out for each other, keep supporting each other and loving each other. And I am so looking forward to the day that we all get to come together again, hopefully in the not too distant future. Now, today I want to share some thoughts with you on my heart about living in the goodness of God. Living in the goodness of God. And many of you would be aware that uh, I was born in South Africa and in many parts of the church world in Africa, there's a little saying that people love to employ and it's often used as a call and response refrain. And so a pastor would get up in front of a congregation and he would say, God is good. And the congregation would reply by saying, all the time. And then the pastor would say, and all the time. And the congregation would respond, God is good. And uh, it's a kind of handy thing to have in your back pocket if you're a preacher, because if you run out of things to say or you lose your place in your message or you can see the congregation's going to sleep and you need to wake them up, you just yell out, God is good. And they snap out of their slumber and yell back all the time. Uh, But it's a wonderful little reminder of a truth that lies at the very heart of our understanding of who God is this idea that God is good. And in fact, the Scriptures tell us that the goodness of God is as predictable and reliable and immutable as God Himself because goodness is intrinsic to the character of God. Um, I love what David said in Psalm 145 and reading from verse 8 to 9. He said, The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all, and He has compassion on all He has made. Uh, David takes this idea a bit further when once again, in reference to God in Psalm 119, verse 68, he says, You, God, are good, and what you do is good. God is good, and what God does is good. And I think that at a time like this, we would do well to remind our own heads and our own hearts of this fundamental truth concerning the character of God, that God is good all the time. Now, you may be sitting there thinking to yourself, well, that's all good and well to say that God is good all the time. And that may be theologically accurate. That may be technically true. But maybe for you, the question in your heart is, does God intend to be good to me? 
Because if we're honest with ourselves and with one another, it's really hard to hear that God is good all the time when you're terminally ill and your treatments are not working. Or you've lost your job and you're running out of money and you don't know if you're going to make it to the end of the year or even the end of the month. Or maybe your kids are struggling in school and they seem to be falling behind and everything you do to try and help them seems to not have any effect. It's kind of hard to hear that God is good all the time when that is the reality of your circumstance. And it's very easy for you to find yourself asking the question, well, does God intend to be good to me? And so I wanna share some insights with you today and some observations concerning the goodness of God that I think are gonna help all of us to live in the goodness of God every day, regardless of what kind of a day it is. So here we go. Number one, the first is this. The goodness of God is all around us. So open your eyes and see it. The goodness of God is all around us. So open your eyes and see it. The truth of the matter is you do not have to look far or go wide to see the goodness of God on display. It's actually all around us. Uh, Over in the book of Acts in the New Testament in chapter 14, uh, Paul the Apostle and his traveling buddy Barnabas are out on their first missionary journey. And they're moving their way through Asia Minor and they come to a small town called Lystra. And they begin to preach the gospel to the pagan people living in the town of Lystra. And while Paul is doing so, he notices a man who is lame. And the Bible says that Paul discerns in his spirit that the man has faith to be healed. And so he walks over to him and he stretches out his hand and he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And he lifts the man up to his feet. And the Bible says the moment he does, strength comes into the man's legs and he begins to walk. Well, needless to say, the people were ecstatic. They were overjoyed. And because they were pagan people, they concluded that the gods had come down and incarnated themselves in Paul and Barnabas. And so they fell down and began to worship Paul and Barnabas. So that freaked Paul out a little bit. And he says, no, 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 don't worship me. Don't worship me and then proceeds to preach the gospel to them. And listen to what he says in Acts chapter 14 and reading from verse 15. He says, friends, we have come to bring you the good news that you should turn from these worthless things and turn to the living God who made heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. In the past, he permitted all nations to go their own way but He never left them without evidence of Himself and His goodness. For instance, He sends you rain and good crops and gives you food and joyful hearts. In other words, what Paul is saying here is that the goodness of God is revealed to us and extended to us in the abundant provision that He makes available to all creation and the common grace that He extends to every single human being, no matter who they are or where they are or what they believe. Uh, Jesus said a similar thing when He said, God causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. He causes the sun to rise on the godly and the ungodly. God's goodness is demonstrated to us and extended to us in the provision that God has so generously and freely and widely made available, the simple things that make life possible and enjoyable. Things like fresh air and sunshine and rivers and oceans and beaches and good food. 
very often, these are things that we don't associate with the goodness of God. We certainly don't interpret them as the goodness of God or receive them as the goodness of God. But that is exactly what they are. These are the things that make life possible and meaningful and enjoyable. And so every time you go for a stroll on the beach and breathe in the fresh ocean air or hear the waves crashing on the shore, every time you uh, sit down and enjoy a sumptuous meal, every time you, you drink a glass of fine red wine, every time you share a moment of laughter with people you love, friends and family, you are experiencing the goodness of God. And even though we don't often understand those things to be the goodness of God, that is precisely what they are. The point is simply that the goodness of God is already all around us if we have eyes to see it. The problem is sometimes we don't. Sometimes we lose sight of the goodness of God around us. It's not that the goodness of God isn't there. It's just that we don't see it. Uh, every 18 months or so, there's a phenomenon that occurs somewhere here on planet Earth that I think illustrates the point really well. And the phenomenon I'm referring to is a solar eclipse. Now, a solar eclipse is an astronomical phenomenon that occurs when the moon passes between the Earth and the sun. And for just a brief moment in time, the moon casts a shadow over part of the Earth. Anywhere from a third to a half of the earth is covered in shadow. And if you happen to be at a particular point and have a particular perspective, the entirety of the sun in all its grandeur and its splendor and its brightness and its brilliance can be eclipsed by the tiny little humble pale moon. Even though the diameter of the sun is 400 times larger than the moon, it is possible for the moon to entirely eclipse the sun. And I think sometimes it's like that for us in life. We find ourselves in a situation or a circumstance where something crosses into our field of vision, some predicament, some cause for worry or anxiety or concern, and it becomes the point of our focus. It becomes a fixation for us. And for just a moment in time, it costs a shadow over our lives and it places our hearts and our minds in darkness. And for just a moment in time, the brilliance and the brightness and the beauty and the splendor and the majesty of God's goodness is eclipsed by whatever that situation or that circumstance is. And whenever we find ourselves losing sight of the goodness of God, it's not a good thing because some really unhelpful things start to happen in our hearts, right? When we lose sight of the goodness of God, we start to take credit for the things God has done. So we start to assume that uh, we were responsible for the promotion that we have received. When the Bible clearly tells us that promotion comes from the Lord. Uh, we might conclude that we were responsible for getting the food on the table. When really the Bible teaches us so clearly that it is God who is our provider. It is God who is our source. So when we lose sight of the goodness of God, we start to take credit for things that God has done and God has given. Uh, when we lose sight of the goodness of God, we stop trusting God in difficult circumstances. Uh, when we're facing sorrow or grief or pain or adversity or difficulty or any of those imperfect realities of life that so often uh, accompany life, we, we find ourselves questioning and doubting. And we ask questions like, well, does God still love me? Does God intend to be good to me? Maybe God loves humanity, like generally, but He doesn't love me. 
personally or specifically. And even though we know deep down that those things are not true, those thoughts nevertheless bounce around in the pinball machine of our minds and overwhelm our hearts with worry and anxiety. So when we lose sight of the goodness of God, we stop trusting God in difficult circumstances. Uh, when we lose sight of the goodness of God, we become pessimistic about the future. Uh, we start to despair. We lose hope. Uh, we start to forecast worst case scenarios. So losing sight of the goodness of God can be really unhealthy for your heart. And that is why it is so important for us to constantly be reminded and to remind ourselves of this wonderful truth concerning the goodness of God. Uh, you know, a number of years ago, I was due to travel overseas and I was gonna be away from home for about three weeks. And the day that I was due to fly out, uh, my daughter, Rachel, who was maybe eight or nine years old at the time, came to me and she handed me a photo. And it was a picture of herself, a selfie that she had taken with a little Instamatic film camera. And on the back of the photo, she had taken a marker and she wrote, to dad, remember me, love Rachie. And uh, I kept that photo. I've got it in my wallet and I keep it to this day. And really she was so concerned that I was gonna be away for so long that I might forget about her and maybe not even come back. And so really what she was saying when she gave me that photo was, dad, in those moments when you can't see me and you can't hear me and you can't feel me, I want you to remember me. And so I'm giving you this reminder. And my sense is today that in this moment and through this message, God is wanting to give you a reminder and to remind you that He hasn't left you and He hasn't forsaken you and He hasn't forgotten about you and He hasn't withdrawn His goodness from you and He will not withhold His goodness from you in the future. You may have lost sight of His goodness temporarily. You may have your heart in shadow and your life in darkness for a moment in time because something has crossed between you and God, because something has come into your field of vision and become your focus and your fixation. But God wants you to know today that He does love you and He does care about you and He does see you and He will be good to you. That's why I love what David says in this prayer in Psalm 16. I've been spending a lot of time in the Psalms. And in verse one to two of Psalm 16, David said this. He said, keep me safe, O God, for I have come to you for refuge. I said to the Lord, you are my master and every good thing I have comes from you. Every good thing I have comes from you. What a wonderful acknowledgement and what a beautiful thing to pray. And so my question to you today is this, where can you see the goodness of God already around you? If you will open your eyes and look, you will see it. You may need to squint and look really hard. You may need to wipe away the tears from your eyes so that you can see past those tears. You may only see a thin ring of fire around the darkness that is occupying your field of vision at the moment. But if you look close enough, you will see the goodness of God and be reminded by what you see, that God is good. God is good. So where can you see the goodness of your God right now in your life? The second thing that I want to say about the goodness of God is that the goodness of God is already in us. 
So open your heart and share it. The goodness of God is already in us, so open your heart and share it. Uh, Not only is it possible to see the goodness of God all around us, but it is possible to share the goodness of God from within us. It is true that God has already poured out His goodness on us and around us, but He also wants to pour out His goodness in us and through us. Um, Again, the Apostle Paul speaking this time in the book of Galatians, in a letter that he wrote to a group of churches in the region called Galatia. And in chapter 5, verse 21 to 23, Paul said the following, The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Everything you need for life in lockdown. (laughs) That is your self-isolation preparation kit (laughs) right there. And he goes on to say that there is no law against these things. I mean, right now, there are all sorts of laws limiting what we can and can't do, and we all know how frustrating that is. But Paul says there is no law against expressing the goodness of God that has been poured into our lives with others around us. The same essential goodness that flows from God to us can also flow from God through us to the world around us. That's why I love what Paul says in Romans 7 verse 4. He says, So, my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. And now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. Wow. As a result, he says, we can all produce a harvest of good deeds for God. I love this. What Paul is saying here is that the new creation reality and the new creation identity that became yours through your faith in Jesus empowers you and enables you to release goodness into the world. And if ever there was a moment in time where goodness needed to be released into the world, it is now. Uh, The Apostle Peter who was one of Jesus' closest friends and first followers, said it this way. 1 Peter 2 verse 9, But you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show the goodness of God, for He called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. See, not only can we see the goodness of God all around us, but we can share the goodness of God from within us. And if ever there was a time the world needed ambassadors of the goodness of God, it is right now. Uh, Just a few weeks ago as a church, we launched our AOK initiative and our Fill the Pantry campaign. And these two initiatives are simply a church-wide mobilization of everybody who calls Riverview home. And we are encouraging every single person who calls Riverview home to go out into our communities, into our neighborhoods, into our suburbs, uh, to connect with neighbors and friends and work colleagues and simply release the goodness of God into the world. Uh, AOK stands for Acts of Kindness. And over the course of the last few weeks, we've had a very specific focus each week on what we want you to do. So last week, for example, we had uh, uh, expressions of gratitude or giving thanks. And we encouraged you to go out into the community and find people who need to be thanked and appreciated. 
uh, we had all our staff team uh, write a letter of gratitude and appreciation that we sent to the frontline workers at Centrelink down in Vic Park and just simply said to them, hey, we're so glad that you're showing up for work. We know you're working under extremely uh, difficult circumstances. You're under a lot of pressure. You're dealing with people at their uh, deepest point of need. And we just want you to know that we love you. We're praying for you. We're so thankful for you. We're grateful. Um, as a church, we wrote a letter to our Premier Mark McGowan and said the same thing. We just want you to know that we're thankful for you and for your leadership. We're praying for you. We know it's difficult to lead in a situation like this, but know that you are appreciated. And there are so many people who need to be on the receiving end of our gratitude. Uh, this week coming, we're going to be focusing on those who are vulnerable because of their stage of life. If you are elderly or, or, or a senior, uh, you are at a heightened level of risk in this current season. And so we have initiatives that we're encouraging you to embrace in order to express your concern and care for those who are vulnerable in the season. These are great initiatives and easy things for all of us to be a part of. If you want to be a part of it and you're not yet, just jump onto the church website. Go and follow the links on the Fill the Pantry initiative and the AOK campaign and find out how you can be a part of releasing the goodness of God into your neighbourhood and into your suburb. Because friends, if ever there was a time in our world where people needed to see and experience and receive the goodness of God, it is right now. And there are some people in our world and the only reason they're going to know that God is good is because they are going to be on the receiving end of God's goodness released through you. It's that single mother sitting at the dining room table without any money, without any groceries, not knowing where the next meal is going to come from, who is going to hear a knock on the door and going to see you standing at the door with a food parcel and a message from the heart of God that says, we love you, we care about you, we know that you're in need and we want you to know that God is good. People need to experience the goodness of God and they can experience it through you and through me. So the goodness of God is already in us. And that's why doing good feels right. Doing good feels right. Whenever you do something that is good and kind for others, something about that resonates with you. And that is because you are living out of the new creation, reality and identity that became yours in Christ. You are a good person. You are a kind person. You are a faithful person. You are a generous person. But you are not those things by yourself. You can only be those things because you bear the image of God. And you can only grow in those things because the Spirit of God is working with you and transforming you to become more and more like Jesus in every way. So even the fact that you are a good person and you are a good person, the fact that you are a good person is a manifestation of God's goodness toward you because none of us can be good without God. So the goodness of God is already in us. Let's open our hearts and share it. And then finally, thirdly, the last observation that I wanna make about the goodness of God and that I wanna share with you today is this, that the goodness of God is promised to us. So open your hands and receive it. The goodness of God is promised to us. So open your hands and receive it. Not only can we already see the goodness of God and share the goodness of God, but we can expect the goodness of God to be our portion and our inheritance all the days of our lives. And that is simply because God has promised us that He will fill our future with His goodness. I love what David said in Psalm 27 verse 13. 
He said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Hope is a powerful thing. And as Christians, we have a wonderful hope in Jesus. In fact, the writer to the Hebrews says that hope is like an anchor for the soul. It, it steadies us and stabilizes us in times of adversity and difficulty and uncertainty. But sometimes we make the mistake of deferring that hope to an age beyond this one, to a, the life after here and now. And make no mistake about it, we certainly have a fair amount of hope attached to our eternal life. We do have the hope of our reward. We have the hope of the resurrection. We have the hope of the Lord's return. We have the hope of being reunited with those who have died in the faith and have gone before us. And what a beautiful and wonderful hope that is. But I believe that God wants us to have hope for the here and now. God wants us to have hope for the current situation that we are in. God wants us to feel hope amidst all the uncertainty and all the difficulty and all the um, uh, calamity that the world is currently facing. And David held this conviction in his heart. He certainly knew that God was good. And because God was good, he could expect the goodness of God in the land of the living, in the here and now. You see, hope is tied to the goodness of God. If you want to be full of hope, you have to be focused on the goodness of God because that is all hope is. Hope is the anticipation of God's goodness. And we have every reason in the world to be hopeful and to anticipate the goodness of God. Listen to what it says in Psalm 31, verse 19 to 20. I love this. This is perhaps one of my favorite statements in Scripture. It says, How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who have come to you for protection, blessing them before a watching world. You hide them in the shelter of your presence, safe from those who conspire against them. You shelter them in your presence far from accusing tongues. What a wonderful statement. I love that. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. I don't know about you, but I, I love giving good things to my children. I love surprising them. I love blessing them. Uh, if you ask them, they'd probably tell you I don't love it enough, but I think I do. I love blessing my children. And if you're a parent, I'm sure you do too. And Jesus taught us that there is something in the paternal heart of God that delights in doing the same. Uh, God, your heavenly Father, loves to give good things to you. Jesus said in Matthew 7, verse 7 to 11, He said, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Even a sinful, broken, fallible, earthly father has an inherent desire to give good gifts to his children. So how much more our heavenly father? He delights in giving his goodness to us. And that goodness includes his provision, his protection, his guidance, his comfort, his assurance, his favor, and his blessing. I want to finish with this psalm. From David again in Psalm 23, verse 6, the Psalm of the Good Shepherd, and we know it well. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for your rod and your staff will comfort me. And in verse six of Psalm 23, he says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Not some of the days, not most of the days, not only the best days, but all of the days. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love that David had this conviction in his heart that he need not chase down the goodness of God, that the goodness of God was gonna chase him down. Really what Psalm 23 is encouraging us to do is simply follow the shepherd. Follow the shepherd and the shepherd's goodness will follow you. So Riverview family, God is good all the time and all the time God is good. His goodness is all around us. So open your eyes and see it. His goodness is already in us. So open your hearts and share it. And His goodness is promised to us. So open your hands and get ready to receive it. Amen. I wonder if you wouldn't mind bowing your heads and closing your eyes with me. And we're gonna take a moment to pray. Uh, wherever you are in your living room, your bedroom, uh, your dining room, if you're driving a car, you might wanna just pull over right now uh, or keep your eyes open and your hands on the wheel. But let's join our hearts together as we come before our Heavenly Father and just thank Him today for His goodness in our lives. Father, today we wanna say thank You for Your generosity, for Your love, for Your kindness. We wanna thank You that You have lavished Your goodness upon our lives in so many ways. And we wanna just pause and take a moment today to say thank You. And I wanna pray, God, that You would help us to have eyes to see it. Help us to see past whatever it is that is clouding our vision. Help us to see past the darkness and the shadow on our hearts and our lives. Help us to see the brightness and the beauty and the splendour and the wonder of Your goodness that has been so widely and freely and generously lavished upon us. Father, help us to have open hearts, not only to receive it, but to impart it and to give it. I pray, God, that You would help us to be ambassadors of Your goodness in this time and in this season. Help us to live with an open hand and to live generously and kindly. And I pray, Father, above all, that You would raise our level of faith. Help us to live with expectation and hope, God, and to believe that Your goodness will be our portion all the days and every day of our lives. To the honour and glory of Your name and in Jesus' name, we thank You. Amen. God bless you, everybody. And we'll see you again next week. Thanks again for joining us today. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at podcast at riverviewchurch.com. And if you want any information about Riverview Church, you can find that at riverviewchurch.com.